Hello, welcome to 50 Flicks of Grey and Jay. In this episode, we review the Netflix worldwide hit that is The Queen's Gambit. We slide into the popularity of chess since the show's release, and how Beth Harmon's character of perseverance empowers us all to follow our passions. Along with this, we discuss microchips, vaccine, the recent Discord scandal in Ireland, and how to prepare the perfect olive dish, all this and more. Q to E6, your move. Alrighty then. How are we looking? Just looking at my levels there. Okay, so welcome along. This is episode, God knows what, I've lost count. We're doing a Queen's Gambit, the uh, Netflix phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's taken over. Yeah, it's become massive. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize how big it was uh, till after I watched it. I think a few different people had recommended it to me. And then, um, and then suddenly, like everybody had watched it in the space mm-hmm. of like a few weeks. It was like the most watched show out of nowhere. It's number one on Netflix Ireland, right? Number one in is UK. Is I one. wrote it down here. Number number one um, in sixty three countries Oof. and in the top ten in in ninety two countries. Damn! And it had a. Uh, 62 million households watched it in the first 28 days Jesus. that it was released. That's, which was like the end of October. That's incredible. That's that's a it's that's, that's what you want from your show, right? You <laughs> that kind of success that's, is that's it's huge. That's really crazy shit. That's like old school sort of um what would you say? Like network television, you know, everybody would tune in mm-hmm. to the same show. Which doesn't really happen anymore. Like Tiger King was the last thing that was seemed like everybody watched it, mostly because of the lockdown. Yeah. Um so it's good to see that like everybody can at least share the same cultural um memories, you know what I mean? Because otherwise everybody's watching different stuff on the internet and you can't you know what I mean? You go like you go into work and like what are you gonna talk about in work? Because nobody's watching the same thing or if you are watching the same mm-hmm. thing you're watching different episodes you know that's such a like good everybody point everybody would tune in to watch mm. watch the new episode of friends watch the new episode of uh the x-files whatever it is but we don't really have that anymore except for something that seems to be really successful like this mm. that's a good point though because of social media because of the amount of uh well, not just social media because of media platforms you know things like netflix and youtube we have so much freedom you know uh like we talked about this in the last episode in the social dilemma about you know there almost needs to be a responsibility or a cap to having constant access to anything ever and you know all the entertainment you could yeah. want you could just watch anything at any time wherever you are it's great in one way all that freedom but it's also almost chaotic it's like it's just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it it, do, it kind of puts us all into our own little individual bubbles, which in one way is great, but, but yeah, you miss out on these cultural milestones where everyone's watching something as it's released at the same time and get to like discuss it and, and really be in that world together, you know? Um, so, it, yeah. so it's exciting to hear something like this has done that, you know? There's no tigers in this. There's no mullets. But it's successful. There's no tigers. There's no mullets. No guns. There's there's no, no not there's no guns that I remember. No. 
Um, it's just just chess and alcohol and pills. Um, that's as heavy as it gets. Pretty there's, much. There's a there's a there's a few dead people in it as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. A few, yeah, a few people die along the way. Yeah. But uh, nothing, nothing like super, like no homicide detectives or shit like that. No, it's a bit more That's closer to real life, isn't it? Um, yeah. It's it's weird, right? You know, the show, she obviously has some battles being a woman mm-hmm. in a world that's pretty much like 99% dominated by men, you know, and yeah. she has some perceptions. But one thing I liked about the show, it wasn't a huge issue either. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like once she could just play, yeah. every player pretty much gave her respect no, you know, there was the few comments of like, you're a woman, you know, are you sure you want to do this? Mm. But it, it, it didn't completely hold her back. Once they saw her talent, it was like, yeah, you do your thing, girl. <laughs> they seemed to kind of ignore it, or she seemed to ignore it to a certain extent. She just kind of got on with it. That seems to, that like a lot of uh, women, uh, maybe especially back um you know, in the last century, who who rose uh, to prominence in whatever field it is, whether they're politicians or, or just talented artists, whatever, kind of just got on with it. You know, mm-hmm. um, when you listen to interviews, you know what I mean. Just kind of didn't didn't seem to focus on it on on it that much. Um, you know, being a woman in a man's world or or anything like that. When you listen to interviews, I think it was probably part of yeah. I think part of, of just surviving. I'm just thinking of people like Margaret Thatcher and stuff. Who, oh, okay, who, okay. You know, Margaret, taking her as an example, you know, she always, you know, she didn't uh, pick any women to be in her cabinet and stuff because she talked down women, said that they were too emotional, which is ironic because oh. she's a woman. But I think it was just because that was how, you know, that's probably how she got to that position as well by kind of playing the game a little bit, hmm. you know. Or maybe was her um, personality just not emotional? Then? Probably was her she was unfortunately stereotyping or only around a certain type of woman and then i don't know it's possible but yeah she wasn't helping the i guess you could say the movement by saying things like that because mm. uh, it's a Certainly generalization not. yeah yeah because for a second there i thought you meant interviews with beth Harmon because i thought this was a true story i thought she was a real person <laughs> uh, i don't know why i just i thought this was a real thing until i, I looked into it and found out um that the the queen's gambit uh, Beth Harmon is based on a book 1983 novel by Walter Tevis and it's uh, fictional and it's, yeah it's called The Queen's 1983 yeah um, 98, yeah I, I thought the exact same thing I have to say um, that when I was first watching it yeah the first few episodes it just felt like it was a historical drama that mm. I, I suppose it just goes to show how well written the book must be um, and how well they adapted it that it just had a very real feel that she was dealing with all this stuff and just yeah her character as well with the whole orphan thing and she's super intelligent and i get the feeling even though it's not stated anywhere in the show and uh i don't think it it was something they were uh, clued into at the time but maybe she does have some sort of um you know like a, like a mild form of autism or something w- would that be do you think that's something that's accurate because the way she socializes with people she always seems very distant 
even with like her mother her relationship with her adoptive mother seems kind of messed up and the relationship she has with men she doesn't seem to form these connections or look at people in a overtly emotional way mm-hmm. um so i found that kind of that That's that was point. just seemed very yeah her, very, felt very realistic her character did seem quite mathematical which I guess was a, a mm. stereotype of, of women aren't that, you know, back in the day, you know, um, this kind of logical brain, you know, it seems to me like she was not cold, but very, quite, very practical, very maths orientated. Mm. She was definitely a left brained person. Um, and and yeah. I think predominantly so. And, 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 the, and the interesting thing is, like, I think, you know, people have different reactions to different psychoactives to different drugs to different medication one thing i've noticed about people who are let's say very practical or that are on the spectrum that i've met before who have taken psychedelics it's 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 almost different to them when they take stuff like that it's like really well i mean obviously it's different to every person but it's like how do i say this if you're already creative and you take a drug psychedelic something that's going to make you kind of trip out you probably won't be able to talk much you know it's not like you're going to be a better speaker you're already kind of creative it's going to make you more creative you're kind of probably become a bit of a bumbling idiot but you're going to get amazing visual imagery in your head um for her she was so i think practical and and like logic based that when she took a when she took something that tripped her out she she almost she didn't kind of fly off the handle. She was just able to kind of put together what she was already doing in her head, but, but see it in a visual sense. And so psychedelics almost aided her, you know? Um, I don't know if I'm getting my point across really well. I'm trying to say that, that, that I think she might be on the spectrum, uh, that that could be, you know, and if not the spectrum, then I think she was just very much a, a very, very mathematical brained person. There's one yeah, point yeah, where no, her I, mother's going off swimming and she's like counting. And I think she's doing it for safety. Like to feel comfortable. Okay. Like her mother goes off well, to swim. Remember? It's like a flashback. Her mom's going off to swim and she's sitting there and her she just starts like counting. She you just hear her mumbling to herself and she's like counting and she's yeah. it's like she's doing like some type of a a tempo to keep herself calm. Hmm. That's interesting. No, I don't think I spotted that. That's her, her biological mother before before yeah uh, the car yeah, crash mm-hmm. when she's quite young yeah i see uh no i think that's it i think i think that's a good point yeah um about the drugs and the substance abuse and stuff yeah i i i want to be cautious because it's hard like you know the the show doesn't state at all whether she does have any sort of thing whatever whatever you know bracket you want to put it under but um it just yeah it feels realistic maybe it's it's just uh, trauma that she's holding on to from from her childhood. You know what I mean? That she didn't develop in certain certain ways because of that. Um, I I I did enjoy like all the substance abuse throughout the uh, show. That felt true to that era. You know, when you look at other media content like Mad Men and just just anything that's set, especially in that sort of fifties sixties era, everybody seems to be alcoholics. Basically, I mean the the mother seems to be an alcoholic. Uh, when you know she goes back to the uh, department store, 
when she's buying that she has her bag of booze and she keeps bumping into uh the, the girl who was who was in high school with her um, and she's yeah. like an alcoholic you know she has all the bottles in the bottom of the buggy under the sleeping baby and it's just kind of like yeah, everybody's kind of fucked up everyone's kind of it's really sad thinking of like all these like especially back then these like uh housewives you know they were kind of forced to stay at home they were expected to stay at home mm-hmm. and they're just like miserable at home drinking all the time trying to you know uh, trying to numb the pain or something um so i just yeah it, it was it was it was a bit uh saddening disturbing but it felt like real you know that's that's something i, I feel like i've seen before mm-hmm. in shows like Mad Men. um so yeah, and then the pills as well. I mean that scene when when the young Beth sneaks to get the the jar, oh, yeah. she like eats all the pills. That was a great scene. And they're watching a, I forget what film they were watching now. It was like Julius Caesar or something, was it? Yeah, Spartacus. They had the old film no. reel. I don't think yeah. it was Spartacus. I would have remembered if it was Spartacus. You would have, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that yeah. was. He was older than that. Yeah, but um, yeah, that was intense. And that was only in the first episode. That was the first episode, yeah. So much happened in, like, those earlier episodes. They really covered a lot. Um, Well, see, that's it, because I I wrote down, like, just a a little, a little, whatever, a few lines on each episode, and they packed in so much that, yeah, in the first episode, it's like she goes to the orphanage, and it has that whole thing of her getting hooked on the pills. She's going through withdrawals. She steals them and she cla- You know what I mean? Like I thought that was split into two or three. Mm-hmm. And then she's adopted in the second episode by by the couple. You know what I mean? So, um, I I would commend the show on that that they pack a lot in and oh, it doesn't yeah. feel forced or rushed at all. And it's seven episodes as well. I mean, I think usually for some of these Netflix shows, you know, they make them a bit longer. I think it was the perfect length, you know. It, it was kind of they, they, they everything they, it had, everything was so. Oh, it was conde- like it was it was full. It was con- but also condensed. I mean, what was it like seven or eight episodes? Seven maybe only. That's excellent. They packed all that into seven. Seven episodes. Yeah. Um, the of course who plays Beth Harmon is Anya Taylor Joy, very familiar face from over the years. But I wasn't sure yes. where exactly Anya were from. She's done a lot of horror films. Um mostly she's known for the witch morgan split and the new mutants which is a a new um it's a new release Uh, i think a show on she's in a film called she was in a film called emma as well which is like a period drama Hmm. uh, which i saw in the cinema i saw it in the cinema a few years last year with anna but i I think it was a little bongo i don't really remember it i think i might have uh, smoked something before i have i remember sitting there not really knowing what the fuck was going on but apparently i saw that film uh but no she has a strong period drama of them all of all films to watch like i just feel like they're so slow and like drawn out I know, yeah. So watching Barry Lyndon, uh, you know, stoned. It's just you're not a fight. You're not gonna stay awake for three and a half hours. Uh, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Um, but no, she's great, and and I'm glad I got to enjoy her in this sober. I could I paid attention to every moment, and uh, no, she's she's brilliant in it. It's it's like her coming out performance. Like it's mm. like you know the show's gotten so much attention that like now she's gonna be probably have a choice of, of a load of stuff to, oh, yeah. to work in next whatever she wants she's, like, so she's gonna options. be bankable yeah her face is stunning as well she looks like a tim burton cartoon 
tiny that's, lips and the big probably, eyes. Is she in a Tim Burton film? I feel like she. There was the film. All uh, of them. Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Peregrine's Home for Children. Was she in that one? I feel like she was in that film. I've never heard of that. That's a Tim Burton film. I saw it in this. I saw that in the cinema a few years ago. It's not one of his better known ones. It was a newer one. It was based on a book or something, or maybe a comic book. I'm not sure. It wasn't usually hmm. successful. It wasn't like amazing or anything, but it was good. It was enjoyable. Just, just to go back on kind of what I said there earlier about about, you know, ob- obviously she she struggles being a woman in cer- certain perspectives or, or how she's perceived in some ways, but but overall, I think she just doesn't make it be an issue and she just focuses on her talent, focuses on, on, on getting better. And I think that yeah. the, the right type of athletes, the right type of men just respect that because they're just like, they love chess and she's great at chess. So they're just like, fair play, you know? Uh, which yeah, I love. Yeah, they can't do anything. Because there's a quote in it that like her mum says, you're going to come across a lot of men that they're, they're going to want to teach you things. And, and, you know, it almost created this, um, this sinister shadow for the show. You know, this tone that mm. like, uh-oh, like what's she going to go through? And then when you kind of watch it, it's actually, you know, it's it's more positive than negative. The, the amount of um, good role models or good teachers she gets in her life that, that tend to be more male uh, dominated. You yeah. know, everything from uh, her that beautiful relationship she has with kind of like a, a, a quiet uncle father figure that is the janitor of the school where she learns chess. Mm. and then um you know the guy that ends up become you know that she beats that's like the top of the school but then she beats him and then he kind of wants to teach her stuff and they become boyfriend and girlfriend and then the cowboy she beats the cowboy and then they kind of go out for a bit and there's just all these like you know even near the end the guy with the beard i remember ray saying that that's going to be me in the future there was like this this guy with like glasses and big curly gray hair and a beard the, and, like, the a, russian guy i think he was I think he was Russian, but he was like he looked like a Beatles yeah. character as well. He looked like a hippie, but uh, he he at the end yeah, of the game yeah. he was like, "You might be the best player I've ever had the chance to play. You are remarkable, or something like that." And you know, and you can just see her face <laughs> yeah. light up. I don't know. I thought that was beautiful. I thought for a film, you know, that 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 is kind of you could say a, f- a feminist piece, right? You know, it's about a, well, it's about. Oh a woman. yeah, definitely. There's loads of yeah stuff yeah for a film that that does that that had the opportunity to kind of also talk about how shit men are not that i i I think all feminist peace do that but they would be in the right to do so you know just looking at history looking at the period that was this and like you even mentioned there a lot of women just being stuck at home drinking but it 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 almost didn't necessarily take that opportunity to do so it just kind of showed how she didn't let the world tell her what to be she just listened to what yes, she wanted yeah. to be and did that and i think that's that's more so a message for everyone no matter what you think you're you should be you know because even some guys are playing roles that aren't them you know acting tougher mm. or acting more maybe dominant or acting more like loud than they actually are when maybe they're just quiet and shy and want to chill out and don't want to act fucking boisterous all the time and the same with her she doesn't want to be sitting at home being someone's wife she wants to go out and fucking beast well, play chess. <laughs> and I just thought that was beautiful. Yeah. No, I, th- I think you're right. I, I, I think it, there was a lot of like positivity in it, especially, um, yeah, her character is, she just kind of, 
plows on ahead. Like she doesn't seem to get caught up. She's not a victim at all. It, it could have been easy to show her being, you know, manipulated or taken advantage of. You know, and um, she kind of just ignores it or finds a way to get around it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, th- there's the one, there's the scene at the end of the in the second half of the show, um, when she gets drunk uh, the night before she's gonna play the Russian, hmm. and um, and yeah, it's 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 the woman who comes over from, it's from the French girl, uh, the French model, the French, yes. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I don't. I guess maybe uh, it, it might have been a bit depressing if, it, if she kind of f- fell for some guy and then he kind of like, you know, selfishly um, pressured her into, you know, jeopardizing um, the competition the night before. So it kind of changes it then. It, it, it's not about that dialogue. It's more about her her having control of herself. That's that's what I read from it. Um, and there's other things as well, like, you know, uh, her, her adopted mother, uh, what's her name? Mrs. Wheatley, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, she gives her a fifteen percent commission. You know, uh, remember that scene? She asks her, you know, she I can be your manager. I'll take ten percent. She's like, no, you can take fifteen. So there's mm-hmm. there's definitely bits in it where they're trying to show like these women have each other's backs. There's a, there's another bit as mm-hmm. well when she's in the chess tournament in the first half of the season. I think it's the one where she meets um, uh, what's his name? I have it written down here. So there's so many fucking uh players in it harry harry beltic the guy that she she invites to his house and he and he kind of goes out with her for a while um she has to leave during the game and she's in the toilet and she has her period and then the other girl comes in and like offers her a tampon mm. or something like that but yeah it was kind of like in in the moment it was a big deal but you almost kind of forget it in the context of the whole show because she kind of just gets on with it like once once the scene moves on then it's kind of like it's kind of laid to rest. You kind of get that. Okay, she went through that, and now she's kind of the other girl was there. She she offered her. You know, there was kind of like a nice moment between her and the other girl. She wasn't left alone. Um, so I don't know. It was just nice to see those moments. I mean, there is a few bits where they shit on on some of the guy characters. There was uh, Mister Wheatley, the, her adoptive father, who just fucking disappears. He just like leaves them. Her her and the mother fucks off and then when when mrs wheatley dies in vegas isn't it you know she um um she has hepatitis or something she's drinking too much and then he tries to uh he tries to to get money out of the house at first he's gonna give bet the house and then he's he's like no i want the house he's a weasel but yeah he kind of just abandoned that's kind of a very uh stereotypical man story from that era of the husband who just abandons the family you know what i mean pre-internet you could just move a few towns over and start a new life and nobody would ever know but that didn't feel like that's i I didn't feel like that was shitting on men i just thought like that was that was just a bad character who was also happened to be male do you know what i mean it didn't feel like a a forced um idea about a gender if that makes sense do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's 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 fair. That's fair. Yeah. This felt very realistic in a weird way. I'm surprised it's not. I'm, I'm surprised it's fiction, because uh, the characters are just written really well. Um, you know, uh, th- there's plenty of shit male characters in it. You know, I'm not saying they're all great, <laughs> and I don't want them to be all great. That would be boring and unrealistic. Um, her dad, her real dad. She has bad like male role models from when she's younger. That's why it's so much better 
to see her actually find positive ones as she gets older. Um, her dad, her real dad, I guess already had a family and like her mother was just like the side relationship. Yeah. We get a hint of that at one point. We don't really know. Yeah, so that was it's messed kind up. of because she's so she's so young that like her memories of it aren't. We don't have a lot to go by by on her memories because they're they're so few and far between. But I kind of liked that she never got to the bottom of it. She kind of just had to accept it and move on. You mm. know. Yeah, she's a powerful she's a powerful character in it. You know, that's kind of her her mentality. I felt like the I felt like there was a parallel between Mister Wheatley and her her actual father. That like mm-hmm. he was trying to you know he didn't care about his family and he just kind of. I think Mr. Wheatley just fucked off, but I think her actual dad maybe was kind of trying to orchestrate something against the mother, like, oh, she's crazy, take the kid away from it, you know what I mean? And, and the mm-hmm. mother was just acting crazy because she was worried about, you know, um, the guy trying to fuck her over. Um. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a good quote in it. You have a gift and you have what it costs. I believe it was the janitor that said that to her. I think that's interesting because a lot of what it's about is is kind of just having this talent from a young age and getting super famous. And then she even says to the young chess player um, in Russia, the Russian, the young Russian boy, she says, "Yeah, what are you going to do when you win? You know, you'll be what, like 14, 15? What are you going to do with the rest of your life? And he has kind of this epiphany where he realizes like, this is my everything. And I'm like, so young. What happens if I achieve at a young age? And then my whole life, you know, and then we see that reflect in her later on where she starts to kind of like fail and just goes off the deep end, just starts drinking at home and doesn't have any other goals outside of chess. Yeah. 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 So yeah, you have, you have your gift and you have what it costs. I thought that was a beautiful line. Her relationship with Mr. Uh, I think it was Chabelle. Was that his name? Mr. Chabelle. Yeah. No, he the janitor. Um, Mm. (laughs) The janitor, uh, as I call him. That's terrible. Sorry. I should get the name. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I'll get the name. <laughs> Mister Janitor. Uh, no, that that was that was a nice little relationship she had with him because yeah. like he wasn't really affectionate or anything. But then by the time she makes her way back to the orphanage at the end, and she sees the photo, the awkward photo that they took. Yeah. And so he cute. has all all the news. Clip. Yeah, that photo. Like I remember like laughing at the scene at the beginning when when they took the photo, mm. and then when you see it at the end, it's really sentimental. Like it's really special. Then you know this this kind of um this this kind of you know this this moment in time um so i thought that was good her relationship with him was good that it wasn't overly like he wasn't an emotional person but he you kind of only realized afterwards how important he was the kind of which is very realistic too you usually only realize these things when you look back you know so I like that. Yeah, the whole ending of the, of the show was great to, when she went back and that was her her moment of acceptance to get past like all her addictive stuff. You know, she managed to um kind of just get over herself a bit, her own demons. Um and her friend what did you think of her her friend Jolene who's in at the very start who's her best friend in the oh, she's orphanage incredible. and that she come she comes back at the end. They're playing squash and stuff. She gives her the money. Um, yeah, I thought that was a very interesting character. Mm. Yeah, she was almost like her 
her guardian angel in school you know kind of like looking after her kind of yeah. showing her the ropes and making sure that she wasn't taking too much you know um and then yeah she's kind of only introduced again at the end um hmm yeah i don't know don't really know what to say <laughs> i i i think yeah no i i thought she was an interesting character yeah i did think it was funny the way she just came in and out uh, you know at the end and the, the show kind of veered off it was, it was in it I, I wonder like if how much the book was like that if they rewrote that character because it was written in the 80s mm. um so i wonder if that car- if they changed that jolene character at all um compared to to what it was like i just wonder because of the time difference that people are more woke now towards certain sentiments mm-hmm. um I, I just wonder if that character functions in the same way because because uh other than her, there isn't many uh, characters of, of color in the show. But I, mean, I imagine the chess world, <laughs> the chess world in the 1960s America, I'd I say it was very white. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of, you know, mostly full of well-educated white people, right? Men who who, who got to, you know, study in, in places. and Yeah, uniforms you know, and chess is, <laughs> Yeah. That kind of thing. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. I think mostly. I, I yeah. just I thought that was a good. I mean, there's there's just like there's, there's a, a bit at the end. everything, isn't there? Unfortunately. Yeah, I felt because I I felt like we're very much with Beth and her problems, and then she kind of spirals that second last episode. She spirals off after she loses uh, to the Russian, and it's kind of like oh, she's gonna ruin herself now. She can't cope with the pressure. Then Jolene shows up. And Jolene has been very successful. She's like in the law firm, isn't she? And and she's like like probably despite having um more up against her, maybe in terms of her her race and her gender, um she kind of I I feel like she offers an interesting contrast, which is just kind of like get your shit together, Beth. Like I've made it work, mm. and you have a far better off than me. Like like okay. It's shit that your adoptive mother died, but like you found yourself in this house and you're extremely gifted at chess. Like you've been pretty much handed everything. So she, mm-hmm. I, maybe for for me, that character offers is just a, as a bit of a contrast to wake her up a bit. Like your your problems are valid, but just compare them to to other. You know, it gives her some perspective to realize how lucky she is. Um. And it was interesting as well when Jolene gets the phone call that she won. And she's just kind of, what does she say? She's just like a fair play whitey or something, she says. Cracker? I don't know. She says something. Oh, I don't think she says it there. I I thought she said something like, damn, she did it. She did it. Or something like, I don't know. I thought it was a bit cringe. (laughs) Because her character's amazing. Like, her character's so good at being like this real friend who kind of gives you the like that kind of will make fun of you when you're down and kind of like be a bit mm. tough with you but gives you that real like love you know that's really there for you but like isn't too mushy either because like it's not like bet would accept that it's not her personality so the fact that her friend like knows how to like kind of i don't know she just seemed like a really i don't know i, I believe the friendship and i believe the personality but then yeah that kind of cheesy line at the end i don't know that seemed a bit like I don't know, a bit cliche to of a movie. I was I wasn't a big fan of whatever she said. I don't know what it was. But yeah, I didn't <laughs> I kinda like even watching it, I was like, ooh, how did the actress feel like or the actor feel delivering that line, yeah. you know? 
Um, I thought she did say something like whitey or, or oh, cracker. She? She's like, well, <laughs> well done, she says that true. No, actually, I think she said whitey. Did she? Well done, whitey. I wish I'm not have to go back. <laughs> Maybe she said honky. That's another expression. Honky. A What's honky. a honky? I don't know. It's an expression that for a white person. Um, African. That, yeah, yeah, for a white person. I don't know where it comes from, actually. Honky. All right. Haven't heard that one. A honky, yeah. I've I've heard that. That a sounds while ago. nicer than. But I than just had cracker. a. I guess so. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> for obvious reasons. I don't know if one is better. I don't know if one is better than the other. <sighs> it's cracker. Where, what does cracker come from? Does it come from crackers? Because they're because they're uh, skin colored. Oh, are you serious? They kind of have a. A peachy? No, I don't know. Where does the word cracker oh, come cause... from? Oh, because oh, this is really bad. Um, oh no, it's it's I, oh, it's bad. Like no, I feel like it feels bad to describe it, but like I mean, it's good to know. Oh really? I guess. Uh, I honestly don't know if you don't think from... we should talk about it. No, no, it's not that we shouldn't talk about it. No, no, it's just that um yeah. So it's like it comes from the fact that like white people would have cracked the whip. That's what I presume. That's what I thought oh. I'd heard before. Yeah. My ignorance, why I asked her, is because my skin color is the same as cream crackers <laughs> that I put cheese on. Oh and, god! And tomatoes. Maybe, maybe that's another interpretation I hadn't heard of. Yeah, it's bad. It's that's it's hilarious. bad though. Yeah, it's oh well, it's, it's both cracker, crack the whip. That makes more sense then. Yeah. No, what's the, don't they say waffle as well? Waffle. I've heard waffle being used. A waffle. A waffle? Did I just make that up? I, don't I know. I've, I've never heard, heard of waffle. that one. Yeah. A waffle. Waffle. <laughs> if I'm making that up, it's terrible. Like a rectangular potato. What do you mean, waffle? Yeah, like a waffle. Yeah, but I think we only call uh, them waffles in Ireland. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> uh, that's uh, when he cracked the whip. Yeah. Crack it. Well, it makes sense. That makes sense. Perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh, okay so, so is there bad. anything else you want to did you like anything? it the only thing I would oh yeah I loved it I I thought it was brilliant it got me back into chess again I think apparently the google searches for chess like doubled oh, I would say so as the shows wow and um, yeah how to play chess uh, was at a nine year peak on google <laughs> wow um so everybody, yeah, everybody was getting into it, which, you know, I had been into chess years beforehand. Me and Niall had, had, um, we had like played each other online or whatever through an app or we had, we had boards set up at home. We'd send each other. We were, uh, I only speak for myself. I was never very good, but we did it for a while and then fell out of it. But I suppose this kind of kindled that again. Nice. It is, it is a brilliant game. This happens every 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 few years. If a film comes out or a documentary or something happens, and it's, it's put back into the public consciousness. Chess or like you There's mean sports? In no, just just chess. Because oh, just in, chess. Oh. Yeah, like in the seventies and the eighties. I mean, there was the whole, uh, you know, America versus Russia thing. The whole uh, yeah. capitalism versus communism. And like huh. chess was often used because the Russians, I mean, their national sport is chess. So they wow. invested loads of money. It was back then during the during Soviet Russia. I don't know if it is. It's probably, uh, I don't know, what are they doping at now? But, uh, <laughs> their their gymnastics team got fucked over, didn't it? Maybe that was what their... 
Oh man, they've been in so much trouble since the last Olympics. Or, not the last Olympics, but... Yeah. Whenever it was, you know. Mm. You you Mm. saw that film, didn't you see? Um, Oh, what was it called? Icarus. Icarus, yeah. Is that what it was called? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that was brilliant. That was a fucked up documentary. That was... That really That's probably one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Yeah. It's very in-depth and it kind of... Reveal... It really, like the most in-depth examination of like a subject from various different angles mm. like revealing top level shit like james bond shit it was, re- it was really really good speaking really of james insightful. bond i think um yeah beth 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 her mother um i think there's a yes. line in it that has a bit of a go at james bond oh yeah 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 Do you remember? yeah she's on the plane and she's about to order a drink and she gets it and then Beth is like, oh, is that a martini? And she says, no, it's a Gibson. I find the onion a little more refined mm. than the olive. <laughs> I was like, yeah. first of all, yeah. that is very, very fucking classy. I just love that. <laughs> As it is, like, that the <laughs> delivery of the line, you knowing what your drink is, you having it a little bit different, I'm sold. I think that was that was sexy and smart as fuck. And then I was like, it feels like a little bit of a jab as well as that uh, a James Bond. Maybe his his uh, his sense of character not being as as refined, you know his martinis. Um, but yeah, no, I want to try a Gibson, man. I want to have a Gibson, a little bit of onion in there. Jesus, let's give it a go. Onion, yeah. yeah, I guess so. I guess the onion could be nice, couldn't it? Why not? Why not? Olives are already a bit, go. you know, that flavor. T- tart. Olives are kind of overdone, aren't they? Olives used to be posh a few years ago to us Irish. Um, well, it's kind of a Mediterranean. That Lebanese. Yeah, yeah. That we, Le- Lebanese influence. Yeah, man. Yeah, in, Le- in Lebanon us, we'd get plenty of us them. Irish. I think I think most I think most Irish people came to olives much later than uh, uh, the rest of Europe. But like it's overdone. But like, what's it in though? Like you got olive oil, you got olives in a jar. Then what? That's true. Yeah, you to have fermented olives. Fermented olives in a bag. You, you I don't know in a Dunn's bag. <laughs> oh, okay, is that what you're doing? Is it? You never did that, Jamie. No, you get However, a plastic bag. You yeah. fi- you fill it full of olives, right? You pour apple cider vinegar in there, mm. and then you you let it. You stuff the bag underneath. You know the U bend in the toilet bowl, and you just let it sit there for about a month, and then you get nice fermented olives. Like, does it get you drunk? No, no, no. It just it just tastes uh, spicy. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Did you say what did you say at the end <laughs> yeah. there? You kind of cut out. You put it. You put it. What? Where'd you put the bag? You put it in the U bend, in the U bend of the toilet, not in the toilet I, bowl. I think that would make anything U-bend. spicy, man. You put anything in there and for a few weeks, and you take not it out, in the toilet bowl. Just, 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 just near underneath. underneath. <laughs> oh, okay, near it. Yeah. It's because oh, it's really? cool. It's cool there, but not too cool. Yeah. You know, it can't get too cool. <laughs> I'm just talking shit, man. Um, um, yeah, you yeah, see, this is why Irish people aren't crazy. allowed olives, man. Putting them in done stores bags. This is why Irish people... Fuck. This is why Irish people shouldn't be allowed podcasts. Oh. In all fairness. Look, there's been a, a bit of a... Maybe it didn't come across online, but there was a bit of a break since we've done this. So... Mm. I don't know. I mean, I thought I, I think it's going well. Maybe we're a bit rusty. Um, 
no i'm enjoying it i think it's just the end of lockdown and stuff i think uh i think i think everybody's feeling the last two weeks that's my impression just in general um yeah man just people get fed up yeah there's just like a heavy air of like kind of like I was going to say hopelessness. That sounds a bit bleak. Uh, not not hopelessness, but just like, yeah, boredom, just kind of fatigue, just like, ugh, you know, I just, I feel like I've just been a little bit on edge. Um, so I can't wait, can't wait to just like be able to move out of, out yeah. of, out of Lucan, you know, maybe go into town, catch up with yeah. you, you know me. Like I'm not, I don't, I don't need a fucking nightclub. I don't need... <laughs> You know what I mean? I don't that need. That would be nice. Look, I would love. I would love. Honestly, I don't even need that. I don't know if I could handle that right now. I don't know if my my social anxiety could handle that right now. Uh, being in a room with loads of people after months of nah, nah. I think honestly, like if I was going to push the boat anywhere near that, I would love a a like a like a mini house party. I'd love to have just like a like a Jesus. I don't know. A handful of like a few people. delinquents. Mm. Yeah, just like you and a few of my mates over, man. Just have a few drinks, play some cards, talk some shit. That's it. Like that. That would be play the extent of the. That, that's as extreme as I'd like it to be. Like I really wouldn't want a nightclub or anything. I think I just I'm just hungry for like some social activity, <laughs> social interaction. Yeah, I want to do. I, I think yeah, uh, playing yeah. Go, being able to go somewhere like like when we went to Fibbers and we were playing on the pool table and stuff like that, that was great we'll that felt so free again. yeah um, have a pizza have a pint that was excellent I'm, I'm very glad we did that now in between the, the gap that was in between the lockdowns mm-hmm. um, it was definitely worthwhile but man anyway let's see what happens mm-hmm. hopefully it won't be it won't be hopefully we can go back to that um before we get to the I don't know whatever's gonna happen post vaccine what what uh, you know rolling out the vaccines actually gonna look like you know how long is it gonna take how effective is it gonna be when are places gonna actually be able to open up you know and and let people in and Mm. so I wonder yeah. It's not going to happen overnight, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I wonder as well, like, I'm not basing this on anything, but, like, if, you know, they're going to give it to elderly people, vulnerable people first, they're going to give it to first responders, they're going to give it to whatever, um, what to say, essential workers, doctors and nurses. <laughs> Se- are they going to sell it to us yeah. or are they going to give it to it, offer it to us for free? It's pro- I think they're probably, I mean, ah, no, it makes more message. sense for them to offer it. They probably will sell it too. Maybe you'll be able to get it sooner if you pay for it, opposed to waiting to be called, you know, to go, you know, line up with all the other plebs and get your industrial, wow. your, your county council industrial jab in the arm. You think, yeah. Do you trust them? Yeah, maybe you're able to pre-order it like the PlayStation 5, do you know what I mean? You get some, like, special <laughs> bonus things with it. It comes, it comes with the PlayStation 5. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, the corona vaccine comes with the next gen consoles get it now before Christmas <laughs> a little it. bit extra why not Bill Gates Bill Gates will put a chip into your brain at the same time you get all three at once he's behind the Xbox isn't he well there you go I hear he's it. in the Xbox 
<laughs> There's a little bit of bill in each in each Xbox. <laughs> oh god. Um but you know, like if they give it to the doctors first and the vulnerable people, right? So there'll be a bunch of people who have it and then they'll Which start, makes sense, yeah. Uh, rolling it out. Mm. And then let's say they start rolling it out to the general population. Um when when can they open stuff back up? Do they have to wait until like oh a hundred percent of people in the country have gotten it? What happens if it's like fifty percent? Can can because you remember in the contagion film, uh, Matt Damon at the end got a special wristband and he was able to go back into the mm. supermarket. Everybody who was either immune or had the vaccine could go back into certain places and mingle. Um, that doesn't seem realistic, does it? That like what like so. You know, if if one third of the population is immune, does that mean like only those people will be able to get into the pubs then and go to the to a packed uh, concert? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you probably need some. Are we type gonna of... live in that world? Don't Doesn't we already? Seem... <laughs> There's already I guess, well, no, a class we structure. You can't get into this nightclub because you mm. got the shoes on. Oh, you look like you're yeah. from. A rough neighborhood. You're not allowed in our restaurant. There is that kind of shit. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's different, but it's there's already racism and classism and all types of bollocks. And now, and now we're gonna we're gonna break it down to a to literally the the level of germs, the level of immunity. Yeah, yeah. it could get complicated because they have all these anti-vaccine people who won't get it. So if there is a scenario where they're like, yeah. you know, co- you know, come into the restaurant, come into the pub, come into the concert if you have your vaccine, and then what? There's going to be these outcasts in society who are like, no, I'm not getting it. So what? Will they not be allowed into anywhere? I mean, I suppose after a certain point, the idea is enough people get vaccinated and the virus just dies, doesn't it? Because it can't spread anywhere. And if there's only a small percent of people it can spread to, then it'll just go to them eventually. And that's and what you'd off. hope. That's what you hope, unless like conspiracy theory time. Um, this virus is being used for some movements in society. Not that the, not that the virus isn't as serious as it is, but it, there's there's certain uh, chess moves. Let's say certain movements happening. Yeah. Uh, using what's happening of the virus as a way of, of moving certain control on society further. You know, like, I'm sure a lot of countries want what China has in the sense that it's surveying its people, you know? That sounds horrible, but also if you yeah. sell that to a government, you're saying, well, li- listen, you've got all the power, you get to put people in jail, you get to find them straight away. The streets are safer, it's so much safer. You know, we can find people like that and put them in jail. Like, don't you want that? Don't you want that mm. kind of control and power? I mean, a lot of countries will definitely say yes to that. I'm sure they would. That there's a model there to be sold. And I think if you, if everything is digitalized, mm. you know, banks are already saying that they don't want cash anymore. Like, as if that's to do with Corona. Yeah. Come on. I think they were bending that way for the last few years anyway. It's so that no one can get away with oh, yeah. avoiding tax. It's everything, everything every money every every ounce unit of of currency that you earn and that you spend is now going to be digitalized and given straight to your bank so they've complete understanding and control over your spendings and your earnings um and then your movements you know your, That's your phone the way like certain people were talking about bill gates not just wanting to give you a vaccine but wanting to give you a chip 
so that you couldn't enter certain countries without the chip. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. Some parts of this seem no weird. <laughs> Some I parts no of seem weird. Gates wanting to. I I don't think there's a problem with him trying to give people microchips. You know, like if he's like, oh, I'll take this and you can, or whatever it is, French he wants fries. to put chips into people. He wants to, yeah, he wants to put them into your orifices <laughs> and fill you full of chips. Yeah, yeah, cover you into, in yeah. garlic oil. Any crevice, ar- armpits. <laughs> he loves it. He can't help but put chips in people. It's his, it's his thing, man. Yeah. Yeah. Look, every but billionaire no has problem. a fetish. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you should. <laughs> Elon Musk, it's, uh, it's phallic shaped rockets. You know yes. What I mean? Yeah, he's big into that. So. That's his jam. He's, yeah, big, big rocket. Wait, but no, seriously, but like, you, no... you wouldn't mind the future where, where we all had to have chips in us. You think that'd be okay? No, no. Oh. No, no. What, what I was going to say was, I don't mind if Bill Gates wants to, you know, invent a chip and say, whatever, like, what's it supposed to do? It's like, how is it supposed to make your life easier? I think because then you're basically a cyborg. Like, your phone will probably tell you how you, you could probably use your phone as, like, there's there's a type of movement for your phone to be become everything, you know, where your phone okay. has yeah. your all your movements, it has all your apps, it has like your money going in, you use it to spend, but you also use it to enter countries, you use it as a type of passport. It has basically everything you are and everything you do in one little device. Um, and so I think the next step from that would be that if you have a chip, your phone also displays your current hormonal state, your current immunity state, mm. if you've been tested, if you haven't. And so instead of just a plastic band, like in, in uh, that film, you know, I, th- I think a more advanced contagion, I think a more advanced future, and, and not always mm. in a sinister okay. sense, just in a more advanced future, it, your phone and a chip would tell you if you're good to go, if you can go in the nightclub or not, okay. if you can come into the country. That... That doesn't sound like the sort of deal I was hoping it would be. Um, I think if people want to get it done, they should be allowed to get it done. I don't think anybody should be forced. You know, if somebody... I could see the benefits in that. You know, uh, it it seems a bit extreme, but yeah, you want to go out for a jog, it's going to tell you your heartbeat, it's going to tell you your hormones, it's going to tell... It's gonna, there's going to be a GPS that's going to tell you where you went i could see how that could all be beneficial if if you if you want it i think if they're saying you have to get it or you can't uh, have a free movement is that's like horse shit you know what i mean i don't think anybody you know the fact that you know you couldn't do anything if you don't have this chip then that's just like that's too much control that's like you can't as soon as they're bringing in any sort of law saying you have to have anything like i would be against some countries i know certainly north korea you have to carry a personal identification with you everywhere if you if if somebody stops you on the street and you don't have your identity card they can just like withhold you they can hold you um indefinitely and you know loads of regimes have done that over the years for control back in the day empires communist regimes wherever it is i think at one point they were trying to bring that in here they had an idea of combining a, an identity card with your 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 PPS card, you know your your social security number. Oh, they did. Um, I and then that got shut down. Yeah, but you're not forced to carry it. I oh, remember no, this no. is when I was young. Now, maybe you when I was the in travel secondary school. Yes, I know the card you're passport. talking about. Yeah. But they basically wanted it to be it'd be like a driver's license and an ID card and a social security card, and they were like, "Oh, you have to carry this." And then people were really like 
no like it like that's just that, that fucks everything up then because then that means if you don't have like a, a a material object what they can treat you like you're not human like you could be an mm. irish person fucking born in this country you know protected under this constitution and just because you don't have a piece of paper they can treat you like you're not supposed to be mm. you know oh this person could be from the other side of the world they're they're they've snuck into the country illegally or something you know what i mean like and they can just i kind think of carry you away irish yeah no i think irish people have a great sense of kind of like not entitlement but i think we're really good at kind of like not getting fucked around like or like we, we kind of i think we ah, i don't know i think we we bring things back to being a human or like like i don't know like i, ju- I just feel like sometimes like if a guard's acting too like if they're not being a guard but they're just kind of if they have an air of control about them i feel like irish people would be like ah stop fucking acting like that you know what i mean like just like yeah you know what yeah. i mean i think we have a, a healthy level of a kind of retaliation of like the people versus the power kind of thing uh, in a natural sense where it's like don't fucking tell me what to do you know what i mean just like having my own personal rights i mm. overall i think as a nation we're pretty good at that so i, I don't think i'd like to think i don't know i don't know enough about the act what anti-vaccinators necessarily believe i don't know if, it, if they're still thinking that I don't know. I don't know what they believe about vaccines. Uh, from what I know about vaccines, is is they've been very good for us throughout history, and that they use a yeah, little yeah. a little bit of of what the of of what you're trying to become immune to, and slowly feed it to you, so that your your body builds up immunity. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Would w- do you think you'd jump on the vaccine? Well. You know, a few people have asked me this about, you know, uh, you know, would you would you take it? Basically, I guess I would. But I, I think I know in the back of my head, I'm not going to be like patient zero. I'm not going to be the first person. Uh, True. You know, there's going to be a few test subjects before you. We'll, well see if they all, turn like, blue. Through, exactly. They've gone through a whole trial period anyway. Oh, have they? OK. And yeah, like, like you have to, takes have years. No, it does, but they've accelerated it, and they have to. They are doing clinical trials. It's according, unless all the media is lying. But my understanding is that they're putting it through, uh, you know, last rounds of trials and stuff. Um, you know, human trials, testing on batches of people and stuff, and and uh, seeing it's how the results turn out. Um, so then after that, then what they start giving it to elderly people and 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 doctors, like we said, um, essential workers. So I think it'll probably be a long time um, till I'm in a position to, to, to get it or not. So I think if there's a problem with it, we'll probably know by then. So I don't yeah. think, you know what I mean? It's kind of a non-issue, I guess. Yeah. Really, for like me. That, I don't, plenty of sense. You know, it's not like I'm, I'm you know, some eight-year-old with... Uh, you know lung problems and and i had cancer or something that you know i might be a priority to get this vaccine you mm. know what i mean so i don't i don't th- i think it'll be a, a good while till till i'm getting it so i probably won't really have to worry about whether it's good or not i think there'll be enough people po- hopefully by the time you know that comes around i'll probably know some people who would have gotten it and they'll po- and 
surprise surprise it'll just be like when you got vaccines as a, in school as a kid you know you went into the room and they poked you in the arm and and that was it like mm. like what else is it like we have experienced it before it's just that you experience it when you're really young yeah that's a good point trying to forget about it yeah this like you know this is the first time something like this has happened certainly in our lifetime in my grandparents lifetime something on this level so um, a bit of negative news I think it'd be hard to avoid is um, the Discord scandal that came out in Ireland. Yes, no, I saw some stuff on your social media about this and I read some headlines. Um, but I was hoping, I kind of purposely avoided reading too much about it. I wanted to, hope, I was hoping that you could explain it to me. So yeah, I, well, I get a fresh take. Yeah, look, I don't have all the, the numbers written down with me at the moment but but basically um discord is an app that people use for i guess video and voice chat similar to what we're using now like zoom uh, discord is handy like yeah. for playing games and stuff i guess because you can still chat oh, to each yeah, other you mentioned that about uh playing among us and using discord to chat yeah yeah for voice chat and things like among us and other games apparently discord is is what people go to i, I don't know if it has better functions than other uh, video and voice chat apps but it's it's just it's been popular since quarantine for things of that nature. Mm. Uh, apparently there was a, not apparently there was a group set up in Discord that was a, I don't know a private lads group, um, ch- like chat for I guess sharing nudity, you know, sharing sexual images. Uh, a lot of it of I guess their exes. A lot of it of of um, images they'd pulled off certain sites like OnlyFans. OnlyFans is a site where you can show off your body in mm. an artistic or sexual sense or maybe even a boudoir you don't have to go full nude but people basically pay so that you can uh you know flaunt it uh but it's kind of like yeah. a private subscription kind of thing um and so some people had so like taken people... images from that somehow well, what i was going to ask was because I, I don't know that much about only fans but it's like a subscription thing and like you can request I'll do this thing and and like I'll, I'll pay so much and then the person what agrees to it so they'll get the money and then they'll do the, the thing on the on the phone is that kind of the idea behind it kind of yeah, yeah I mean that's that's definitely a way about it you could go I think the way most people do it is they don't necessarily take requests they kind of just find out what they're comfortable with and maybe you know I don't even think OnlyFans started necessarily about that but it definitely has a yeah. a big portion of OnlyFans is, uh, you know, uh, Jamie or, you know, wants to, you know, has been working out and wants to show off his body and he has a, a big fan base uh, on Instagram and he, he's comfortable with his body and he wants to make a little bit of money off people, I guess, finding him attractive and getting some type of work out of it. Uh, but Jamie doesn't yeah. want to show anything necessarily erotic he just wants it to be kind of sexy images so then maybe he sets up a camera at home and he takes pictures of himself in his underwear and for five euro a month you get uh, access to seeing jamie basically do like a calendar shoot you know it's this kind of thing yeah okay i think that's that's okay. the most so mainstream version of it but then there's there's it goes beyond that it goes to people kind of uh, doing more pornographic things or, or getting more sexual and and, uh, and maybe even sometimes taking requests privately or publicly uh, and 
it it pays the bills, you know. Uh, obviously, more women do it than guys, but uh, you know, a lot of women just think, why not? It's my body. I feel comfortable in it. I feel sexy. I'm gonna make some money off people simping over me. Why yeah. not? I think it's a great no, idea. Listen, it makes sense. I mean, there's 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 models on on Instagram who have like hundreds of thousands of followers, and it's just pictures of their bodies, right? And like we know that most. I mean, I hope I'm not assuming too much by 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 saying that i think most of their followers are just kind of guys who want to gawk at them that's their clientele and mm-hmm. they get maybe sponsorships off of that so they throw up an ad now and again through their posts mm-hmm. and they get a, a lot of cash i suppose yeah you kind of everybody has to feed the monkey right so like <laughs> nobody's getting forced into anything so feed the monkey. on one hand yeah the other hand is that it, yeah it is creepy there's a whole creepiness to it well, well, I think what's more creepy in this case was was the taking of the images and putting it in other places. And you could argue, well, oh, but their stuff is up online. But let's say uh, it's it's up online for I guess certain people to see off a subscription based kind of agreement, you know. But anyway, that's only one factor yeah. of it. That, like the I don't know the the equal part or the more worse part was that a, a lot of these images in this Discord group were of people that hadn't put their stuff up online you know uh snaps snapshots you know uh you know you're seeing a girl maybe yeah. you start sexting her you might send a few nudes back and forth and all of a sudden you have those pictures on your phone and you share it with the lads that's that's yeah. that's creepy that's proper creepy that's sharing you know i would hate if if i was in a relationship with a girl and you know like one of the words that's being re- thrown around is this bill in ireland to uh, make revenge porn illegal and some people are yeah afraid of that term because revenge porn insinuates that there was any revenge to have happened in the first place when the yeah. person didn't do anything wrong you know uh, or, or doesn't deserve to so for example like i would okay. just find it weird yeah, i understand yeah like if i'm in a relationship and especially with quarantine you know more people might be more likely to sext or send images of themselves in relationships uh you know that's just kind of the world we live in i think more people yeah. are doing that now than we did five years ago and everybody has a phone in their pockets um, everyone has a, a phone in their, in their pocket pockets and, and everyone's yeah. getting a bit more comfortable with the cameras it's it's you know it's liable to happen i would hate to think that um if my relationship didn't go well or even you know if things went bad all of a sudden that person would use those images against me and put up online and it yeah. just seems like that's the mentality of a lot of these guys or nothing went wrong and they're still just putting up online to kind of share uh, uh images you know it's not even yeah anyway so that that was a huge scandal that happened in ireland i think there was i don't know if it was 50 or 500 guys that were involved and there was thousands of images and a lot of them were even underage women uh girls Jesus. um so, so was this just a giant group and did, did all these men know each other or is this kind of just like probably a load of people i think it became a bit of like a out. forum yeah i think okay, it became so like, a bit yeah, of like, like a four chan reddit sort of thing yeah i think it kind of ends up out. going into that direction of like jesus yeah someone just sounds like it turned into off. a weird yeah it, it sounds like it turned into a weird like i don't know pedophile ring is too harsh a word but it's almost like a you know what i mean like a, it's like a especially if they were sharing underage stuff i mean it wasn't that far away from it's like a cons- a, a conspiracy almost well i don't i don't know if the underage stuff was site. necessary 
or not well I, I definitely know it wasn't necessary i don't know if it was uh how do you say on purpose does that make sense like i don't know if they knew maybe some of these girls were underage i, I don't know i don't know the details okay. of that part but but either way like you know what i mean even if the person's of age you're you're sharing something that is uh yeah that is not consensual and is extreme like extremely damaging to someone's life you know what i mean a lot of it's a lot of mental health issues clearly coming out of this girls realizing that that their images have been shared around and yeah it's horrible and what are they proposing in terms of you said they were gonna there, there was a petition i saw you had you had shared the petition and that's to, to, just to make it illegal so that if you share certain images uh, they could prosecute you is that the idea yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I don't think you should be allowed to share images of someone's naked body without their consent and get away with it. That seems that's that's a crazy concept. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, someone sends me a picture and then I like share it to others. The problem with the internet is it's so new, so we still haven't figured out and regulated things. You know, we've talked about this in the yeah. last episode, social dilemma. Taking taking on another step from that, we, we, we don't know our boundaries with social media. We don't know, or, or just devices. We don't know how to respond to it. On some level, we should enter a bit of just like how we interact in the real world. We should we should throw more of that onto the online world somewhat. Because mm. the social media, the web, still this kind of place of exploration and creativity and openness and you know finding your niche in life and and saying whatever the hell you want and freedom of speech and freedom of thoughts and it's in one way it's fantastic it's this explosion of ideas but it's also chaotic and needs to have some regulations and real world responsibilities um i don't i don't know it just seems a little bit like you wouldn't walk into I don't know. You wouldn't walk into a house with people you don't know and show mm. them a picture of your ex naked and be like, "Isn't it kind of the same thing?" That's what that's what that's what people used to do back in the old days <laughs> when you used to uh, take those plate photographs, you know, oh, behind God. the sheet. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think I actually I mentioned that in the last uh, episode about the um, Polaroids. And about how they became popular because you could take a photo, a nude, mm-hmm. and it would develop straight away. You didn't have to bring the film. Um, have you ever seen that film, uh, Robin Williams, One Hour Photo? You know, where he he takes all mm. the photos and then they... He's, I don't know, I forget. He's obsessed with some woman or something and he takes yeah. photos of the woman's child and stuff like that while she's playing in the park. And anyway, they... Yeah, he, he yeah, that's that's a cra- that's a crazy wife guy film, you know. He's, mm. he's just kind of like a lonely psychopath who's obsessed, who has obsessions. And then anyway, yeah, so he's getting the stuff developed and he's like paranoid that the the you know, he's going to get caught because somebody's developing it. Um but you know, this this is crazy, but I think stuff like this has been going on probably for a long time. I think a lot of stuff has been probably shared through WhatsApp groups. Um because i mean like just everybody has whatsapp groups that they're in whether you know what i mean like you have one maybe with a family one with friends different circles of friends work colleagues you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and some of those some of those groups like i know certain places i worked in that that there was maybe lads in the work place who had like a separate group 
where they shared memes and probably gory videos and I'm assuming pornographic stuff as well that uh, I never took part in because I, I knew exactly what sort of filth was there so I never I never joined anything like that but like mm. I knew it was there you know you'd see them talking about it in the lunchroom Mm. Um, and it'd be any sort of stuff like I, um, there was a story I remember uh, it must have been only a year ago maybe a year and a half ago about a school teacher I, we might have talked about it a school teacher who had sex with one of her students and she ended up getting caught there was a whole thing about it but there, there was photos and videos that were that were leaked I don't know if she had taken photos or videos of herself and sent it to him and he was only like 14 so Jesus. he told his friends and his his friends ratted him out and he sent the video to his friends. It was a whole thing. She got, she ended up getting uh, put away in prison for it, I think. Um, yeah, she had sex with a child. Ba- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, apparently what happened was he told his friend and his friend tried to blackmail her saying like, have sex with me or I'm going to tell the police. Oh so obviously she was like, so she was like, yeah, filthy young boys getting jealous of each other. You know what I mean? And uh, so, yeah, Christ. he 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 wasn't bluffing. He ratted her out. Um, so but anyway, I remember in work that that was being spread around. Um, and I'm, I'm sure all over the country in all sorts of different environments that was going through WhatsApp groups, which is completely illegal. I mean, well, you're looking at a 14 year old's body. That's kind of messed up. Oh, no. The, the, the boy wasn't in it. It was just a woman. It was a video of the, the woman had taken of herself. Okay. Just to oh, say to that it, it wasn't, oh, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't child pornography. It was pornography that shouldn't have been spread because there was no permission. Even if she had sent it to somebody underage, mm. that nobody else should have been looking at it. You know what I mean? Two wrongs mm. don't make a right. Just because she did something yeah. wrong. Um, but no, I just, I just remember that. I remember that very clearly when that was going around and thinking like that's so fucked up. And because it was so local, and I think I'm, I'm sure I, I remember like. Because there's always, you know, lads will always send those sort of videos to each other. It existed back in the day when people have videotapes. So, of course, it doesn't exist now with phones. But I think the difference in this day and age is that it's a lot more local stuff is being spread. It's like, oh, it's like some woman, you know, in Carlo. Mm. You know what I mean? And there'll be, there'll be a WhatsApp feed. People will forward on the feed and it will have details of where this photo comes from or something or some wild video so it's really disturbing it's really fucked up and i think it's only the tip of the iceberg to be honest yeah yeah maybe i mean not maybe yeah it's it's more than likely i i yeah i i do think i don't yeah i think that law should come true i mean i i can't see any gray lines there maybe you know from what it sounds like you know the sharing of someone else's nude imagery the sharing of that should be illegal i think that makes sense if you don't have consent of yeah. someone else's yeah I, I don't see any black or white there or well i do uh yeah some people just do it. i don't know what it is i think it's just uh i think i think it's a part of the viral thing as well because i remember there was another thing that happened um this was i don't know if it was this year before the pandemic or late last year somebody was killed in a road crash on the m50 and somebody had driven by the crash before the emergency teams got there and had taken a video 
or a photo and that started to spread and then they you know the guards and the and the radio and the news basically told people to stop and that they would prosecute people but um you know that was that person's first instinct was to was to to do that you know what i mean like that's somebody's family member who who was you know whatever um disfigured and and whatever i know it was pretty bad i don't know if the person's head was cut off but it was a pretty bad gory situation so i mean i don't know like if you're the person who i think there's an excitement i'm trying to imagine i think there's an excitement of that like you have the video and you send it and then you watch it spread so you're kind of like an anonymous viral celebrity that everybody in the country is talking about this photograph or video that you sent and you know that that's like your 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 touch with celebrity or something you know what i mean that everybody knows who you are that's so sad and it's the only way i can justify it because you can you know what i mean like you could just drive by and look at it and you're you're, you're seeing the image with your own eyes the only reason to take a video and to send it to somebody is to shock somebody else and then to to spread it like I mean, it's, even it's, if you don't feel hard. empathy in a situation like that, even if you're someone that's kind of a little bit more cold and calculated, and we won't call you sick, we won't call you a psychopath, let's just say you just don't have the same form of empathy. If you like drive mm. past something like that, and you don't feel like, oh, that's bad, or you don't feel sorry for the family, or you don't instantly like gasp out of like, oh my God, like someone's dead, and look at their body. If you don't have any of those yeah. reactions, fair enough, but to, but to then like, like you don't, if you can't make the situation better by calling the police and just getting the fuck away from it because it's nothing to do with you, why make it worse by like capturing it and then like spreading it around like some type of fucking uh, gore porn for like people to like get a yeah. nice little like hit of like escapism out of their day? I saw something hor- horrific, you know. Mm, get a little buzz off that. It's like it's not. It's not your. It's crazy. It's not your drug. It's someone's family. It's someone's debt. You don't get to choose to fucking have your way with that. I don't. I don't know. Like, like yeah. Like you it's, said, even if you can justify, it, you can't really. Like fuck off. <laughs> choose a different I, adrenaline I, rush. I think people are addicted to it. I think yeah. We already talked in the last episode. People are addicted to their phones. Mm. And I think people are addicted to these videos. I think on the pornographic end. It, it makes sense as in like uh, it's tapping into an instinctual thing on some level and that some people are kind of obsessed you know they're mentally uh, i don't i don't know i don't i don't want to try and imagine too much you know yeah, there's yeah. obviously a lot of problems there but i think because it's like you know like you're hungry and you want to eat and you could tempt somebody with it with a you know a, a slice of chocolate cake or something or a slice of pizza you know and i think it's the same thing mm. if there's people who feel served sexually and they're mentally fucked up they can get addicted to looking at videos and mm. i think the gory videos is it's like it's like the it's like the uh the super version of the fail video you know what i mean like it's funny watching johnny knoxville fall over because you know we're laughing because it's not us because he's doing something silly mm-hmm. the extreme of that is like some awful situation where it's a horrible gory video and i guess the shock and some sort of the enjoyment i imagine must come out of the fact that it's happening to somebody else so it makes you feel better about the fact that you're not getting run over by a car <laughs> or getting shot or getting 
I don't know, like, <laughs> like do you remember? There's something so infantile about that mentality, though, isn't it? It's like, let's watch so, other people get hurt because it's not me. And then I get to laugh because I'm not hurt. They're hurt. It's just so like, no, it, it makes sense, know, but it's so silly. No, you're right. It's probably very instinctual. Know. Just like, a, no, it does make sense. I mean, I love Jackass. I also love like gore. I love a good gore film. Like, I think Saw is yeah. incredible. I just think it's so, it's so insane. That's why I love it. But when it comes to real life mm. stuff, uh, I don't know. I think it just hits a bit different. Um, or may or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm acting. Maybe I'm fake. Maybe they're the real ones, and maybe I'm putting on a, a social pretense because I know it makes me look like a bad person. I don't know. I don't know how many filters I need to re- to remove to get to the truth yeah. of the matter. You know, we are all just animals at the end of the day. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't be pointing think- fingers. But like, don't capture a video of a dead body when it's not your family member. You know, how would you feel if that was your dog? Or your sister. Or your parents. Probably not so good. I say dog because my parents yeah, saw do- a dog. Dog run over or this your morning. sister. Or your They're parents. Interchangeable. <laughs> well, no, because some people would, fa- would, find, yeah. would find the idea of an animal more impactful than a human. Some people, you, you need well, to... Well, that's, that's fucked up as well, though, isn't it? Like, I mean... have more sympathy. It's like Hitler, like, he loved his dog, you know what I mean? Like, well, like... <laughs> but he, yeah. What does that say? He was a vegetarian, like, you know, oh, good good for Hitler, you know what I mean? I don't well, think it justifies. Like, call, call me yeah. crazy, but I don't think it justifies all the other shit. Um, I understand if people love animals more than humans because humans are probably more fucked up but then yeah it's kind of like you can't how far are you going to go with that then you're going to save all the dogs and let all the humans die or something like like what's to what end does that purpose like execute itself I don't know mm. um, no it is fu- like the whole thing is fucked up I, I understand what you're saying I don't I mean, in some sort of base animalistic way, if we're just in touch with our prime instincts and we don't have any higher thought, then you could be just like, yeah, you know, um, you know, just indulge in the gore and the filth and the sexual craziness. Um, but, you know, I, I like That's to think we chaos. are a high. Yeah, we are higher primates. So, like, you know, maybe we can deal with sex and violence through art where it's not real mm-hmm. but we can deal with it in a in a way that reminds us of the real so we can process it than mm-hmm. having to look at you know gory videos and and disturbing videos to try and deal with it that that's what i would think but people don't people don't care i, re- I remember being uh, in in work when the you know that cre- that guy when he had his body cam and he shot all the people in new zealand do you remember that oh yeah he killed like 20 people to, i think i in the mosque and it was like call of duty disturbingness that it was like you know first person shooter vibes remember that mm. i remember the next day in work uh people watching people eating their lunch eating sandwiches and like watching the watching the video watching like the guy the uncut video of the guy like running around inside the building like i could see it over the guy's shoulder running around in the building shooting real people and just being like I don't want to see that. Like that's. I was going to say we're so point. disconnected, the... but like maybe you know, back when we used to hang people, when we used to burn people alive, the whole village would kind of come and watch, mm. wouldn't they? So like maybe this isn't a new thing. It's just some people. That's true. Some people are okay with seeing others suffer, and then some people aren't, and maybe 
maybe we need both. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure what the answer is here. It's um, a good point. I think it's a part of our history. I think beheadings and public hangings and stuff existed for a very long time. Crazy, yeah. for, for, for one reason or another, and it still exists. I mean, like, you look at after 9-11 with the beheading videos. I know they went around kind of, that was kind of just when the internet started. So I think a lot of stuff went around on tapes and stuff as well, which is even more sinister. It's so easy to to share a video on your phone, yeah. but to copy a, a cassette tape and bring it into whatever work and give it to Paddy on work and then he Jesus. brings it back is kind of, that's far more, you know what I mean? That takes much Calculate. more effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paddy tapes over, puts Emmerdale on the tape by accident <laughs> and ruins the whole yeah. thing, you know. Yeah, but it doesn't cover the whole thing, so it goes from Emmerdale to like at the heading. It's just like <laughs> actually, you probably see that in Emmerdale, don't you? I don't know. I don't watch soaps anymore, but they're always no, over the top. Um. Anyway, yeah, I, I yeah, definitely, I definitely agree. I think this is, I think this is a great, great show for anyone to watch. I think it definitely gives you a love for chess. I think it it uh, it's a great I think it's a great show for women, uh, and I think uh, she's a great role model of just this person just keeps on going through no matter what's being said by any man or any or any woman you know there's the few women in her life that are kind of maybe putting her down. She just she's just a person who has a passion and continues to focus on that passion, and uh, yeah. has a gift and 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 follows through with it, and I think in you know without sounding too cheesy. Obviously, not everyone's gifted at, at, at chess from a young age, but I do think that every person has something special that is uniquely theirs. And I think to really find like true happiness in life, you have to somehow figure out what that unique thing is, that little shiny, real you that's there in the middle. And the more you can figure that out and just like follow that and, and, and expand that in your life, I think the happier you'll be. So it's, it's a tale of, it's also a tale of that. And it's got me wanting to learn chess, so it succeeded. <laughs> it is, yeah, no, chess Chess is a sexy game. Like I said, it always <laughs> comes back into fashion every few years. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just one of those classic games that kind of never gets old. Um, but yeah, no, I, I completely, I'm completely with everything you said. I think I completely it's, disagree, it's Jamie. <laughs> 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 You're wrong. No, man, no. No, everything you said is is on the money. It is. Mm. It's just it's just proper entertainment, and mm. it's thoughtful as well. You know what I mean? It's just her, the way the character is written, uh, the way the show is cast, the way it's put together. You know, they even have some good musical numbers in there. They got the rights for some for some good songs. Oh and yeah, stuff. So everything just comes together. The the like like some of it, I was really taken away. There's bits where uh, you know whatever they're in Las Vegas. Um, at, at different tournaments when they go to Russia at the very end and she's in, she's playing in that giant hall like the set mm. design and the costumes is just spot on like it was really impressive I tried to look up how much uh, to show cost to make but I couldn't find any definite figures mm. um, probably Top definitely secret. I'd say I don't know I don't know why I think with Netflix stuff it's different you know when stuff get released in cinemas and yeah. they're always comparing the, the box office with um, uh, how much the budget was to see if it made money. But this is different because it goes straight up online. But it must have been uh, tens of millions, I would say. Because um, it's, it's it's looks, it, looks, it looks as good as any proper film. And they yeah. got, you know, seven hours of content out of it. So it must have cost, I don't know, 50 million would be like a sort of guess for mm -hmm. something like that. Could be much more. But uh, 
it was really impressive everything about it yeah kept you going all the way through this is like fun for the whole family yet again because mm. it doesn't lean into anything you know there's not like a scene that's gonna make anybody i think feel really uncomfortable just some hard bits in it, some sad bits but it's not like there's nothing traumatizing in it there's nothing that would alienate anyone i think yeah thanks everyone for listening whoever whoever is listening and uh I hope they uh, enjoyed our valuable insight about the uh, show we didn't really talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was um, enjoyable, though. It was good fun. I, it's I, always... I, I find we always kind of struggle a bit more dissecting a TV show. We end up doing shorter it's ones. longer. Because it's, yeah, yeah. it's long. I don't know. Anyway. Um, all right. See you. <laughs> Until next time. Hurrah. Checkmate.